Welcome to Humanly Possible, a vlog and podcast series focused on the game-changing potential of creating human-centric workplaces. We're joined by employee experience strategists Frank Laturza and Haley Cushman. Both of our guests are leaders at Qualtrics, an experience management platform that brings together organizations' experience data. Frank and Haley review findings from the 2021 Employee Experience Trends Research Report, which was recently published by Qualtrics and surveyed over 12,000 full-time employees around the world. We talk about a new trend that has emerged from the report this year and why it's more important than ever to have an intentional strategy around measuring and acting on employee experience data. I wanted to uh, welcome you, Frank and Haley, to Humanly Possible. How are you both? Doing well. Uh, so Haley and Frank, I'm uh, really excited to welcome them to the podcast. Uh, they are, and I'll let them int introduce themselves, but they're both coming from Qualtrics. Uh, so Qualtrics is an experience management platform that brings together uh, organizations' experience data. So this is a, going to be a really fun topic, especially when we talk about human-centric workplaces and how do we create better experiences versus poor experiences in the workplace and how do we measure that and so uh, I'll let you two maybe starting with Frank give an introduction about your role at Qualtrics but also uh, who you are as just a human. Yeah no I, I appreciate that so excited to be here Angela and thank you for again for inviting us. Uh, so Frank Laturza, you know, I'm a senior account executive here at Qualtrics, and I work specifically on our employee experience side of our business. So I spend um, my days working with HR and people leaders at organizations to help them, you know, better collect, measure, and act on employee feedback data, you know, essentially at, you know, all those moments that matter to employees. So really trying, as you mentioned with the description of Qualtrics, you know, really trying to understand the experiences of their employees, but most importantly, you know, what that experience data is telling organizations and then and then we help them really take that action so that they can you know help improve specific metrics they're looking to such as employee productivity employee engagement and then the all common you know reduction of attrition you know that we see a lot and um, as a human you know I share a background in IO psychology with you from Elmhurst University it's, uh, it's university now not college um, and so uh, my, my, my passion really is, is human behavior in the workplace. So I, I always, you know, growing up wanted to, you know, really be a consultant. I always thought I could just go into a company, see what's wrong with it and help them fix it. And um, it, it's kind of, you know, emerged um, into, you know, more of a sales role, but also, you know, focusing on that human behavior in a workplace. And I have two little ones, a 10 year old and an almost two year old. And I live out here in the suburbs of Chicago. And uh, that's probably all about me. <laughs> I think. Right, Haley? Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us and for letting us be here. So uh, my name is Haley Cushman. I am an employee experience solutions strategist at Qualtrics. Um, I also have a background in IO psychology, so I love being amongst fellow IOs. Uh, it's, it's just so fun to be able to have that community and as it grows. Um, I've been at Qualtrics about two and a half years, and um, I get to work with Frank and other sales folks. Uh, to really talk about the art of the possible when it comes to employee experience with clients. And so what does listening look like and how do we grow our programs? Um, before coming to Qualtrics, I practiced internally a bit within HR. Uh, so worked in OD, worked in talent management, uh, did some performance management, 
Um, stood up and play listening programs there as well. Um, so I always love connecting with HR folks um, here. And so other than that, uh, I do have a dog and she is um, a lot of work, but love her. It's been great to have somebody uh, with me. I live in Lincoln Park in Chicago. And so um, get to walk through a good neighborhood, done a lot of walks this year. Um, so that's been a lot of my, a lot of my life. Um, but yeah, close to close to family. I'm from the Illinois area, and so excited to to kind of be in this, back in the Midwest, and uh, be around some family and friends. So yeah, that's a little about me. Wonderful. Yeah, I I am so excited, not only to have you both on just because of the the content we're going to be uh, reviewing, but also this is the I think the first podcast we've recorded with three people. So uh, and you know, just double the fun, double the insights. I'm really excited to hear uh, about how we measure employee experience, right? And I think there's a lot of uh, executives, leaders, HR folks listening and saying, how do we, how do we put focus and, and really hone in on the employee experience? How do we measure it? How do we identify where to start? So I know Faltrex recently came out with a EX uh, employee experience trends report. So Frank, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what we're finding, especially in kind of this uh, new phase, next generation of work. Uh, what's Qualtrics finding when it comes to the trends and data? Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and, and it's been really fascinating, to be honest with you. It, it just came out uh, last week. It was a survey of about 12, almost 12,000 full-time employees across the world. And, and so one of the great things that Qualtrics, you know, is always trying to do is really looking at the research. We're constantly, you know, trying to find new trends. We're really trying to f understand, you know, not necessarily, you know, you know, doing the research, but looking at the science behind it and what it's telling us. And, and, and we all know this past year, it's been a tough year. You know, there's been a lot of disruption, you know, here, you know, in, in, the, in the world. And, and so the interesting thing about the trends that we're seeing is, is, is we're, we're seeing two new or, or really one new really key trend emerging out of that that research. And so traditional traditionally, we've seen over the years that you have, you know, when you look at engagement, um, you really understand that that we're seeing, you know, individuals want, you know, they want to have confidence in senior leadership or they want to, you know, have opportunities for learning and development. But with everything this year, what's really emerged is that sense of belonging, you know, so, so individuals really want to, and again, it's not too shocking, right? Because with all the social unrest that we saw happen this year, um, you know, employees want to feel like they belong at an organization, but coupled with that is they want to feel confident and, and have a positive impression that the employee that they're working for, you know, is having that positive impact on the world as well. And, and, and so that is just was really surprising to me because we always have those traditional drivers of engagement. Um, but, but it was just really fascinating to see that belonging was just so important. And, you know, as you have individuals who have been remote by themselves, you know, and, and who used to have the time like in their office as like their time to really work with people and be with people. Um, it, it's, it's been fascinating to, to see that, that, that it's really kind of being thrust into the spotlight now. Yeah. yeah and, and I love that that's popping up. I mean, I think the whole concept of even this podcast, uh, Angela, yeah. is really about a human-centered workplace and where we've needed to have more human conversations with our employees to understand how do we help you belong here better, which requires a more holistic conversation for us to treat you as a whole human and not just as what you bring to work. And we know that we bring our, we want to bring our whole selves to work. So 
I love that that is popping up um, and has probably been there a while, but is just even more important this year. Yeah, and um, you know, I know there's not a lot of, well, there's a lot of folks who I think probably are familiar with engagement surveys and mm -hmm. uh, the, the science behind it. And you know, the fact that it's not just a list of questions, right? Like these questions are validated. And so Haley, maybe can you give us a little bit more um, around the thought process around how and why we measure um, and then how we got to the results that we, we have today when it comes to the trending reports. What's, what are the mechanics of the survey and what information is it really telling us? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And I think what we love to see and what we talk about a lot with our clients is moving from that engagement to understanding the experience. And part of understanding the experience is thinking more holistically. It's not asking just the traditional engagement questions. Um, and it's also being willing to change what we ask. Um, I always say employee feedback does not happen in a vacuum. We have to take context into consideration here. Uh, 2020 has held a lot of uh, contextual factors, I guess, for lack of a better term for us, um, that we are, uh, that are affecting the way that we live and the way that we work. Um, and so for us, a big deal with looking at trends um, is making sure that we're asking about what's actually relevant. Um, I tell my clients a lot that what you ask your employees is telling them either that you know what they do or that you don't know what they do. If I get a survey and the questions that I ask or the questions that I answer um, don't have anything to do with my job, I don't feel like you really understand what I do and my feedback isn't going to be worthwhile to you. It's not going to be good feedback. So at the end of the day, why we ask for feedback is to, to change in experience, whether that's for our employees or for our customers. Um, and so that's, that's really our goal. So the way that we do it is that we identify trends in the market based off of our uh, employee base or, and also based off of our customer base um, with conversations that we have, um, knowing really what's affecting uh, the world of work. And so um, it's, it's, we had a big focus on inclusion and belonging this year, as you can imagine, uh, and safety as well. And so those are, those are two things that are top of mind for our clients. That's great. Uh, and there's something that I know, Haley, when you and I talked, um, when we were prepping for this call, you know, you said something that really resonated with me, which is attitudes drive behavior and behavior drives results. So yep. in order to actually make traction on what we're hearing, we've got to start somewhere, right? And, and that's really around listening. And you know, Qualtrics offers a platform to do that. But uh, Frank, what is the next generation when it comes to listening? And what do leaders, executives, founders need to start to think about when we start to go into 2021 around mm -hmm. listening to our team members moving forward? Yeah, you know, great point. And and really, you know, when I started at Qualtrics, I started right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was it was March 16th, and I remember that Friday before I started. I believe it was the Friday before I started. Qualtrics decided to go 100% remote globally, and so so I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm about to go into an organization and and meet people, and and I have my desk, I have my my Mac, I get I get to get trained and and get this experience, and it completely changed. So I was part of that first you know, you know, remote training class, you know, and now we've had so many since then, and it's been like turnkey for them. So they've really solidified that process. But one of the things that that we're seeing, you know, with the result of everything that's happened this year is a move to a more continuous, always on listening. And so what that means is that, you know, when we think of that once a year census or engagement survey, you know, any organization today that did that and say, November, December, January, or February, 
you know, and by the time they looked at their data and then COVID hit, it's almost obsolete because people's needs, their feelings, their behaviors, their attitudes, everything has had changed drastically. And so when we look at this more continuous, always on type model, it's, it's more of the, the ability to have a pulse at any given time throughout that year of how your employees are feeling. And, and when, when we had mentioned, um, you know, in the beginning of my description of what I, what I do with HR and people leaders, it's really looking at all those moments that matter, but always having your thumb on that so that when things like social unrest or COVID or companies have to, you know, immediately move to work from home, they understand what their employees are going to need. They're able to, you know, gather that feedback quickly, but also that their employees are expecting it. You know, their employees, you know, anytime they're looking, the organization is looking to make a critical decision that, you know, you, you almost prime your employees to know, hey, they're going to ask me how I feel. What do I need? Um, and then and then on top of that, they're going to be ready and prepared to know that the company is going to take action on it, which is probably the most important thing out of the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, Haley, I'll, I'll kind of bounce to you in a second, but I wanted to really hone in on the um, taking action Part. Uh, there's a there's a term that I always uh, mention, which is don't be an asshole. Uh, don't ask, and then not do anything with the results. It's just rude. First of all, it's rude, and it's it actually creates more disengagement mm -hmm. because your team members have taken the time to provide their feedback. You've asked for it. They provided the feedback, and then you haven't done anything with it. So over time, you'll see that participation drop off slowly. So uh, Haley, anything from you around just next gen listening and, and what that needs to look like in the, with the future of work? Yeah, and I love that you brought up the ask hole uh, term because actually really what that boils down to is why are we even asking in the first place? Uh, are we asking for feedback to check the box? Um, because we know that that's something that other organizations are doing and so it's a trend to just ask for employee feedback if that's the way that you're thinking about it, you will be an asshole. And um, never thought I'd say that on a podcast, but here we are. Um, that's, um, but I, I really love that because actually um, what we really want organizations to do and what we saw this year is um, they're asking questions because executives are asking, how do we support our employees as they transition to remote work? As we think about moving forward, um, are we going to continue with flexible work arrangements? Um, maybe if we had on-site employees, how are we adapting our safety policies and procedures to, to help them stay safe and healthy and then their families as well when we think about that. And so that's, it's, it requires a mindset shift in what is the purpose of asking for feedback and the purpose is to better an experience. Um, so that's why we, we do, like Frank said, need to have more continuous listening because our needs are changing and especially when we think about that that March and April timeframe, needs were changing pretty much every day. Uh, it might not need to be quite that frequent now, and it, I don't think it needs to be, but likely um, we need to understand and we're asking questions we've never had to ask before. And so the whole purpose of this is to, again, make that change um, that we can drive results. Absolutely, and uh, I wanna kind of back up just a little bit um, on the the trend report again, because, you know, again, you all are a very reputable uh, company that has taken a lot of data. And I think a lot of, I know I, I rely on the reporting and the trending that you all are coming out with to help hone, uh, you know, hone really the, the data-driven approach when it comes to this work. But the fact that things like diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging 
has uh, cropped up as a key focus. Can you tell us a little bit more, uh, we'll start with you, Haley, as to what that means for companies and what shifts do companies need to be making to address these new trends? Yeah. Yeah, so part of that um, and what I've seen when talking to, to chief DNI officers or uh, DEI leaders really is around um, understanding what their inclusion culture looks like. Um, and we know that inclusion doesn't just happen. Uh, we need to understand what the drivers of that are. And that could be psychological safety, that could be leadership buy-in, that could be my manager support, um, that could be as myself as an individual. Do I do I think it's important for us to have an inclusive culture and starting to actually put some measurement around that? You know, we've seen and uh, I've read some statistics that uh, there have been, you know, billions of dollars that have been spent on unconscious bias training over the past couple of years. But obviously we have a lot of work, we have a lot of work to do here with hasn't made as much impact as we have. So we need to start putting some measurement in place around it. Um, so what I've seen kind of the trend with these folks is, is again, to really start putting that measurement around is what's the investment that we're making and is it actually what employees want um, and do they feel like it's making an impact and if not then where are some investments that we can make uh, whether that's in the products that we offer to our customers um, is it showing them that we actually understand them and that we understand a diverse set of customers um, does our employee base reflect uh, what our customers look like as well um, and then when if I'm an employee do I see a potential future here do I see people uh, with my background that are able to succeed here. Kind of telling leaders that systemic change doesn't happen uh, without holistic measurement. And that's that's something that we really need to be understanding all of those those different factors of the candidate experience and how are we how are we portraying our brand? Um, are we portraying that we're an inclusive company to to the to the globe, to our candidates? Um, as we bring people on, are, are our systems and processes supportive of allowing people from all backgrounds uh, to succeed here, and if not, um, are we understanding how they're experiencing it? So it's it's a lot around making sure that we're listening at those key moments. Yeah, and I think a lot of companies are really focused, or they have been focused on diversity, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the representation data, and it's taken, you know, since yeah. our management systems came into play, you know, let's let's download what we got, let's slice and dice this a million different ways, and so I think the extra layer is. Kind of this attitudes audit but also a process programs policies audit yep. and so um so frank what about you what do you yeah. um, what do you have to add to that yeah absolutely and, and two things that really come uh, come to mind you know i remember we had you know um a talk not too long ago here at Qualtrics is about DE&I. And, and one of the things that, that one of our XM scientists had really talked about was that, and, and Haley pretty much alluded to this and, and was saying it is, you know, it, it's not just about doing like a DE&I survey, right? DE&I needs to live within your entire employee experience program that you have. And, and I think, you know, and I use Qualtrics as, as a quick example, like we're on a quarterly cadence for engagement. And we clearly, you know, capture feedback throughout all these other moments, you know, as you can imagine. Um, but, but, you know, we're really being intentional about our DEI efforts and and we're really comparing those trends that we're seeing at our organization and so when, when I take our, our quarter we just took one not too a couple weeks ago you know to ask questions about DEI you know how included do you feel at the organization do you have 
opportunities here. And what's nice is, is they're taking that data, they're, they're taking that trending data and really looking at, you know, how is the sales department potentially looking compared to our engineering team or, and looking at different, you know, areas across the globe and, and are there big differences that they're seeing? And, and that's why I'm excited about the work that we do because our scientists are really looking at that data. But most importantly, we're taking action on it. You know, I think, I think we have our first DEI ever chief officer, you know, Farron, you know, who um, is in that role now. And, and like Haley alluded to, we did unconscious bias training. Um, and, and we've done so many other things here this year that, you know, we're not perfect by any means, but, but we're being very intentional about it. And I think to also one of my customers who, um, you know, just did their, you know, annual engagement. They also do some pulsing throughout the year, but, you know, they've seen a, a huge increase in their engagement scores, but as they peel back that onion and look under the different layers, you know, they had a really big issue around DE&I. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're a, a financial company here in Chicagoland area, you know, who, you know, again, is doing great with engagement, but, you know, they're, they're, you know, people in their organization didn't feel like they were fully represented. They didn't see themselves in the organization. And so when they started looking at the numbers of people they had from different backgrounds and ethnicities, they really realized, wow, we're really not doing a good job. And these people, though they really want to be here, they don't feel included. They don't, feel, they don't know where their next role is going to be in the organization. And, and again, that's why the data is so important. Understanding it is really important. And um, I'm proud of the company because they're really making some meaningful change around that. But they were so excited initially because their engagement went up. But it's more than just engagement. It's all these other things. And, and D&I was like, was like the one area they really needed to work on. And um, that just really resonated with me because it shows their vulnerability and, and they're quickly realizing, wow, we really need to take action because it's really important. And it's such an important topic to our employees. Yeah, there's an awareness piece to this, mm. right? Which is, you know, I've worked for a, a few companies where, you know, you're launching an engagement survey or a culture survey for the first time. Mm. And really the, the first step is, accepting the results and then saying we 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 have gaps and that's why you have the the survey so kind of going to another topic here and we've kind of alluded to it throughout the conversation but what is the leader's role in action planning against these trends or results when it comes to listening yeah um do you want, you want me to Pipe in, Haley. Sorry. <laughs> um, no yes. Yeah, so, so when we when we think of the trend report and we and we think about, you know, the the key driver of belonging. You know, there's there's three things in the report that it really talked about um, as it relates to you know how can an organization today really improve their employee listening program and and obviously you know and Haley talked about this too is taking action on that feedback and 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 really what we're seeing is a lot of companies <clears throat> are actually increasing their listening. You know, and again, with COVID, you know, as Haley said, you know, as we, we shifted the remote work, there was almost a lot of listening, which is good. But what we're seeing is, is you know, people believe that 92%, I think the number was, that believe it's important for their company to listen, but only 7% say they act on it. You know, and again, so, so really one of the big things is taking action on that feedback, communicating to your organization, you know, that you're actually taking action on this feedback. Um, but also, you know, it, it, it's that manager effectiveness too. And so like today, again, as a remote, 100% remote employee, I've never been remote in my life. You know, here and there, I might've been remote, but it's been nine months now, fully remote. Um, my manager is really the key conduit 
between the organization's leadership and communication to what's happening to myself. I mean, I speak to him more than I speak to anyone, you know, right now. Um, and so, you know, we do our one-on-ones, we do our, our real world coaching sessions that we have and things like that. But, you know, if, if that manager isn't, you know, open, isn't asking me how I'm doing, isn't communicating, you know, why it's important that the decisions that the company is making and how it impacts me as a person, you know, my, my engagement level, my sense of belonging might, might drop, but most importantly, my intent to stay is going to drop, you know? And so the most important thing is, is we don't want to lose the employees that you have, especially your top performers. And then the third big thing too is, you know, engagement scores are really important. You know, I, I, we, we know they're important, but it's really that well-being and it's focusing on that well-being and really understanding, you know, how do your employees feel? Um, and, and again, because you want them to be engaged, but you also want them to know that, that you understand their well-being. And again, COVID just magnified this for us. But I think in the long run, it, it just made us better people. It made us better leaders. Um, it made those leaders who weren't as good. Hopefully, they're, they're changing and they're getting the development they need to be a better leader. Um, and, and that is just really resonated as I speak to my customers too and, and, and hearing them go from the strategic role they had in HR to like getting down in the trenches with their employees and having those conversations about like how their employees are feeling, you know, and think about how many times you've had a manager ask you, like, how are you feeling today, Angela? Are you okay? You know, and, and it's just so powerful now. And uh, I think it goes a long way to employees just feeling much better about the organization. Yeah, I love yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm just loving this conversation so much because it really does just speak to, again, I'm going to always anchor back to treating people as whole humans. Mm -hmm. And we have never seen the need more. I'm thinking back to that March and April timeframe and, you know, talking to clients even for the first time, a lot of the times we spent the first 15 minutes just talking to each other as humans. Mm -hmm. Didn't talk about what we were selling, didn't talk about mm -hmm. business. You know, how are you doing? How are your kids doing? Um, how is it going? Work-life integration has never been at a level that it's at right now. It is completely integrated, which means that we need to be caring for people more. We actually have to care about things that are happening outside of just their work life because their work life is now their home life. And as we're, you know, we're all sitting in our homes and, you know, at some point my dog will usually bark on a client call and, you know, I'm, I'm, somebody's kids will cry in the backgrounds or somebody will need a snack while their parents on video. And that's fine. That's, that's normal. That's our life. And for us to be able to bring all of that together and for that to be acceptable um, is really powerful. And I think, like Frank said, the role of, of leaders here um, is that, that frontline connection. They're the face um, of what we're seeing. But some really cool things that I've seen actually some organizations do this year is I think we often we, we ask a lot of frontline leaders um, and we, I think we forget that they're employees sometimes too and that they actually need just as much and maybe more support in order to actually support their employees. And so I actually had a client this year who did something really cool and they did a specific leader focused survey mm -hmm. to understand that their leaders had probably never managed remote teams before. Um, at least in this organization. So to be not only a remote employee yourself, but then to manage a fully remote team while going through a pandemic, um, let alone all of the other things that 2020 has brought, they, they put a focus on making sure that they're supporting their leaders so that their teams were supported as well. Uh, that's brilliant. Uh, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great suggestion because yeah, it's like who, you know, leaders are part of their roles taking care of others. 
mm -hmm. right? And, and even, you know, folks who are in HR or in, in these are also caretaking roles, right? Where you're taking yeah. care of people. And uh, it's, it's, it's really important that we see each other as, as humans and not a box in a hierarchy. So I think that is a great way to end our conversation today. I, I just want to thank the both of you so much for taking the time. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks are, uh, you know, really data-driven. And so I think that this is going to help put into perspective why and how we measure things like human-centric cultures and people-first cultures. And, uh, and you also have to talk to your people, right? <laughs> there is a human element to this. This is not just about sending out a survey and saying, okay, let's see what we get back. So thank you for talking to us about that balance. And I hope to have you both back soon with some new trend reports, perhaps next year, or if we see anything uh, coming up when it comes to next generation listening. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks so for much having fun. us.